Welcome to Draft the Universe. On today's episode, we meet our friend Ben, the pun-isher. I've got a few good picks squirreled away. Oh, ho, 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 ho. We also meet our friend Jafair, MC Thor's Hammer, Master of Rap Trivia. Did you know that Tupac, Puff Daddy, and Flavor Flav were all backup dancers for Heavy D and the Boys? I'm John Robert Cocker, Order of the British Empire, Secret Identity Chris, and today we're drafting superheroes. Hey Internet, welcome to Draft the Universe, the Nerdfight Ripple, the podcast where we choose a topic, draft our favorites, and then battle head-to-head on unexpected criteria to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. On today's episode, we're going to draft superheroes. Whoa, buddy. You're not the Flash. <laughs> you can slow down a hey, little bit. Hey, you might be. My middle name is Barry Allen West. That's, wow. Yeah, it's my dad's name. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, it's a family thing, huh? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Lots of hyphens. Cool. Um, I forgot my uh, my keys um, approximately 250 miles away. Yeah, that's unfortunate for you. Would you mind going and getting them? Yeah, I would mind. Okay. I guess. Yeah, after we're done recording, you can drive out there and get them. He can't. He doesn't have his keys. Uh, you could... I guess you could borrow. I don't really want to lend you my car. Fine. Okay, I'll take care of it when we're done. Okay, thank you. All right. The speed the speed force surely will reward you for such an act. Uh, in my personal experience... The speed force doesn't reward you for anything. No. It only punishes. It's an unforgiving bitch. All right, guys. Um, I, I'm afraid that I have to open up this, our uh, second episode, um, with a bit of a um, combination retraction apology. Um, in, in last week's episode, um, I insisted uh, that... Uh, a riot started by uh, chimney bard John Robert Cocker uh, would have no problems overwhelming and uh, and doing physical violence to a riot started by, um, uh, I believe I, I called them uh, teenage Lady Beetle fans. Um, since that time, there have been at least three of them in view of my front door. Um, I'm, I think I'm being intimidated by some junta of... Uh, of teenage lady riot fans, riot starters. Um, so yeah, I'd like to officially apologize uh, for insisting that uh, John Robert Cocker and his army of chimney sweeps would cut you into little pieces and hide you in chimneys. Um, it, it was never my intent to uh, to intimidate or to threaten. So please um, let my dog go. Yeah, that's you gotta that's get rough. your dog back, man. I'm yeah. sorry about that. And oh. actually, uh, actually, while we're at it, we have um, a handful of apologies to make from uh, our last recording. Um, we do owe our sincerest apologies to all Neil Diamond impersonators. That's on me. That one is definitely on me. We are really sorry. I'm so sorry. We owe our apologies to anyone who has collaborated with Carlos Santana. That Which is everyone. Yeah. Yes, I, I did one last week. Yeah, I, I did one. I didn't even know about it. Um, uh, we also apologize to people who get upset when people mix up Sweden and Denmark. 
I promise we actually know those are separate places. Wait, wait, was that in there? That was in there. Yes. I don't even remember that But our Finnish uh, and Norwegian listeners laughed a lot. Yep, definitely they did. Um, We would also like to really apologize to fans of Torchwood character Gwen Cooper. No, we don't. Um, Gwen Cooper. And also anyone who is offended by ridiculous Welsh accents. Um... (laughs) We'd like to I, apologize. I, I, I kind of, I kind of uh, I, I'm glad I got my my uh, my Gwen Cooper out right before you apologized for that. You're not. You're, that one counts. You're so. not. You're not helping. Um, we'd like to apologize to the band Edna Snap uh, for assuming that they are dead. Um, and also, finally, we do owe our sincerest apologies to all metalhead edge lords. I'm. I'm. I'm no. I'm. I'm not. I'm not on board with that last one. Um, officially, draft the universe would like to apologize. To all metalhead edge we gotta lords. draw a line in the sand somewhere guys all right um well we got our apologies in um now it is time for the strategy corner so that we can do that and then we'll get right to the draft uh so first up for strategy corner i have first pick hello internet so i lost cover songs so i've got first pick this time and really, it's got to be Dr. Manhattan. He's literally deus ex machina incarnate. He bends reality to his whims. And the one time he's ever really even been defeated, it wasn't even so much that he lost so much as that it made the villain, and I'm using air quotes for Ozymandias there, uh, made saving people more trouble than it's worth. Um, he is literally God. Um, this time, I'm not going to make the same mistake of not using my first pick. And I know that against Ben, I really have to focus in on getting the last word. Because after going through and listening to last week's matches, he really is good at getting the last word in and taking the match because of it. And so I need to be a little bit more proactive on that. All right, this is Chris. Um... So my strategy is uh, to avoid the obvious strategy. Now, anybody who knows me personally, including my good friends Ben and Jaffer, knows that my obvious first pick is going to be Batman. So if it comes to me, i.e. if Jaffer passes up Batman on pick number one out of the draft, my strategy will pretty much be out of the bag because I'm not taking Batman. Um, Instead, I'm going to go with Nightwing. Um, who is better than Batman in a number of surprising ways, um, to be detailed later on. I've got some ideas for where where to go from that point. Batman. There are a number of other incredible characters in the universe of the Batman family that deserve some credit and some respect, and should they be drafted before I get to them, I've also prepared some uh, pretty strange picks. We'll see what is left for me. Right, this is Benjamin here with my draft strategy, and uh, I'm a little, a little bit of a disadvantage for this one because I know both Chris and Jaffer are way more into comic books than I am. I only recently started reading more than uh, passing, like getting like a big book when it came out, like 1602 or something like that. So I know they've been reading trades and, um, you know, the. Uh, the, uh, I know Jaffer read all the New 52 when they came out, and I'm more 
familiar with movies and TV shows than I am with uh, the actual like week-to-week, month-to-month uh, comic books. So I'm going to be restricted to what I know, which I had some ideas for people I wanted to uh, pick that were, <clears throat> I thought, a little more interesting. Uh, might say a little bit more about what superheroes mean and what they should be. Uh, but as it stands, I don't know enough about the characters to do them justice. Uh, so my list basically... I'm picking you know, characters I know from books I've read, which isn't a huge list. Uh, I've I've got um, you know Superman, Spider-Man, uh, and I'm probably gonna try and take Doctor Manhattan because that's a pretty fun pick. Uh, but we'll see what everybody picks. I know once some of the big names are gone, I'm going to be scraping the bottom of my barrel real quick. So we'll see where this goes. All right. So first off, we're going to do the draft. We're each going to choose our five favorite superheroes. And then we're going to make them fight, like action figures. And that metaphor is much more appropriate for this draft, in a series of randomly chosen debate topics. And then the two highest scorers from those rounds will go to the finals, where they duke it out for nerd supremacy. Nerd supremacy. 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 Did anyone draft supremacy? No. No. Do either of you know who supremacy is? Absolutely, I know who that beloved uh, superhero is. Fantastic. It's the one that puts the sour cream on the tacos. All right, the sound of rustling papers means it's time to begin the draft. I took third in the last game, so I will be drafting first. Chris will be drafting after me. Yep. And then Ben with two picks, back to Chris, and then me for two picks. Right on. Okay. I hope everyone is as underprepared as I am. Oh, man. If we get any... any any single salient fact wrong about these superheroes, we are going to get murdered on the internet. So, Which is really great, because some of them have multiple continuities. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's begin. Pick one of the superhero draft. Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. Oh, All damn right. it! Nice one! <laughs> he, he was definitely on my list. Okay, so it's important for uh, uh, the rest of this draft... Um, I'm, I'm placing a piece of folded up paper on the table. Can you guys confirm for the uh, yes. audience at home? It's, it is it's there. There. It's there, is, there is a piece of paper. Okay, cool. <clears throat> uh, so for my first draft... Of Wait, our... does this mean you're okay ripping paper out of my notebook but won't do it out of yours? <laughs> well, mine doesn't have... No, it doesn't have binder holes, Ben. That's fine. Um, so for my first pick, I'm going to go with... Drum roll, please. Nightwing. Mm. All right. Nightwing's solid. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like him. He's good. All right. Good pick. Uh, okay. Uh, with my first round pick, uh, pick number three, I'm going to take my boy Blue, Superman. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Superman. Good pick. Good pick. And then with my follow-up, I'm going to go with the theme of, of guys in blue spandex and go... Spider-Man. Peter Parker. Okay. He's also wearing red spandex. Yes. Well, they both are. 
Well, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure you're not you're not drafting some super exclusive like limited time printing where he's you know blue, like his 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 Funko Pop figure. Can we say that without getting sued? We'll find know. out. We'll find out his Funko Pop figure, and it's all blue. But you're drafting Peter Parker, Spider Man. Yes. Okay. Um, for my second pick, um, and I put a lot of thought into this. I honestly wasn't expecting it to get back to me. Nightwing was more important, so I chose Nightwing first. Um, I'm going to go with Alfred Pennyworth. I am sensing a theme here. Yeah. And it's going to be real disappointing when none of us take Batman but you at fifth. Interesting. Um, Hey, Ben, would you care to pick up that piece of paper, please? You want me to read it now? Yeah. Is it you were never going to draft Batman? Hold on. It says, Batman was never on my list, smoke bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which means you put Alfred on there and not Batman. I, I, I don't get it. Okay. Okay. So it comes back to me. Yep. I've got two picks. Um, one of which I believe there will be a little debate about. All right. Um, so I'll go with the easy pick first, the one that we won't argue about, even though if we were doing this, like, if we were keeping track of, like, draft order and that had some importance... I would be taking these in reverse order, and I just want that known. Well, just do it in reverse order. doesn't matter. Wait, okay. wait, a, wait a second. Yeah. Oh, so you want people to understand which one you're picking first. Yeah, yeah. Got I, it. My, Got yeah, it. my second pick is the the one I want to take right now. Okay. Take it. But for the it sake of simplicity, we can, we can... I'm going to do Jean Grey, a.k.a. Marvel Girl, a.k.a. Phoenix, All right. from the X-Men Marvel comics. All right. That's the one we're not going to debate. The one that I might was worried I might get some guff on. Is John Cena. Who? John Cena has made 24 different appearances in comics. I looked it up. Um, and also, I would just like to go ahead and state for the record that I believe all modern wrestling is basically superheroes, anyways. Interesting. I, I, I'm just saying, I've never seen him in a comic book. Yeah, well, you, well he's difficult. <laughs> and that's our second copyright strike of the podcast. Thank you very much, Ben. Now, let's apply some, some rigidity to this. Um, does John Cena have a secret identity? No, no but not but all superheroes do. That's, that's fair. Okay. Does John Cena help people? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, he, he's probably done more real-life good than anyone outside of, like, the Gates family and people who have just sure. basically cured diseases. Okay. Uh, the GMO guy. All that stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> like I was going to say, I totally support basis. this choice. Okay, yeah. I mean, does he have a costume? Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. All right. What, distri- describe that costume, please. Um, cargo jorts. shorts or jorts. Okay. Okay. Um, depending on the era. Um, <laughs> multiple armbands. Nice. He's got... Some of which will say you can't see me. It's all very branded, which is important for the look of a superhero. Okay. And then a crazy color t-shirt that has some slogan about not giving up. Okay. I'm willing to give you John Cena. You have to answer this last question. Though. Okay. What is John Cena's secret weakness? John Cena's secret weakness. I was. What is uh, his? I've got an answer. Ben, but you look as real. You look real eager here. German suplexes. German suplexes <laughs> is a very good answer. Okay. Yeah. And or taking time off to film movies. <laughs> taking time off. Um, I was gonna say burying young talent, but you know. I guess that's it's just, more just, of a hunter thing. That's sure, a signature sure, sure. move. Okay. Um, so it's back to me. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that I'm going to follow your lead, and I'm going to deviate a little bit from my strategy. Oh, boy. Um, and I'm going to choose... 
Dun, 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 dun. Scott Pilgrim. Ooh, shit. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Good pick. Scott Pilgrim. Oh, God. You're an asshole. Oh, am I? You're an asshole. He's good. I mean, Get he... back at me. Draft Batman. Draft Batman, Ben. Get back at me. <laughs> Punish me. <laughs> okay. Um... He's not the hero I deserve, Ben. Okay, well, seeing as it's back to me, I get two picks. Uh, end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, the character I have the most comic books for and go Batman. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Uh, screw you, Chris. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm not falling for that trap, man. It's, it, is, it was totally a trap. Yeah, I don't care. And then uh, for my first pick of the fourth round, I'm going to go with... Uh, Big B Wolf from Fables. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, so for my uh, fourth pick, um, so maybe we can get into a little bit of debate here. Oh boy. Uh, I'd like to draft the Batman of Zirinar. Now, this is interesting because the Golden Age depiction of Batman of Zirinar is a separate alien Batman. However, he was reinterpreted by, um... What's his name? Morrison, I believe? He was interpreted... Yeah. <laughs> he was reinterpreted by Grant Morrison uh, as being kind of like a separate side of Batman's personality, like a fail-safe personality. Um, so, what are, what are our feelings about that? I'm not I'm not super attached to it. My thoughts on that would be, uh, you only get Golden Age different Batman. As as I picked Batman, I get Bruce Wayne. Okay. Um, any any facets of that's, Bruce yeah, Wayne. That's the deciding factor. I'm going to go for Paul Atreides. From what? Dune. <laughs> From the 80s Marvel Comics <laughs> publishing of Dune. Paul Atreides. The Kwisatz Haderach. The one who sees into the place that no others can. I've never seen Dune. It's, it's fine. You're, you're, you're. I don't want to say you're forgiven, but you're okay. I've, I've spent my time on other things. I wouldn't expect you to know that Dune had a comic book. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a comic book based on the David Lynch film. Um, the one with Sting. The one with Sting. Yeah. Patrick Stewart. And Patrick Stewart. Yes, the one that was so bad that David Lynch himself disowned it. So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Paul, Paul Atreides, um, father of the God Emperor Leto II, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Cool. Okay. Just so everybody knows, Chris is also the person who referenced the Zydekar farm formation during a... Uh, Zydekar. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold I don't on. know how to pronounce Hold it. Hold on. Sardekar. Sardekar formation during Sardaukar. a best man speech. But I think... I think though we should explore Zydekar. Zydekar. It's isn't that a magic expansion? No, Zydekar. I know nerds, it's okay. Zydekar is uh is music from Nolans. That's Zydeco. Zydeco? Yes. Okay, cool. Now we're all asses. <laughs> all right, excellent. We're all showing our different areas of expertise. Here. Okay, cool. Okay, well, we can we can start to move this along B. Um it goes back to me. Yep. I have fourth and fifth pick. Fourth pick, Deadpool. Marvel Comics. Nice. Ah. Nice. Um, fifth pick, another Marvel hero, but probably not the one you were expecting from me, Luke Skywalker. 
Oh, oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay, that's really weird. I liked how yeah, Star Wars no, comics is not for forever. It is not saying Luke Skywalker is a weird. It is a weird pick for you. No, Luke, I had, Luke Skywalker yeah. is a weird dude. Let's be clear about no, that. No, I just had several several different things that I was sure Jafar was going to pick. Um, um, I've got an honorable mention list over here that we'll get into. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Oh, this is tough because I was expecting some of these to have gone by now. I'm gonna throw it out uh, to uh, to I'm gonna throw it out to the woman who is foremost in all of our hearts, um, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Mm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, just want to make sure we get how this works. You just get Barbara Gordon. Are you taking Barbara Gordon? So you also get Batgirl and Oracle. Yeah, uh, yeah, he'd get I th- both. I think that's how we. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure by picking Barbara Gordon, you weren't limiting yourself to one facet of it. Mm-hmm. Because and, and yeah. by picking Superman, you actually got a double of Batman. So congratulations. And also a handful of other characters, but yeah. we won't get into that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so last pick in the draft, um, I've got some uh, some picks. I'm going to be real sad that uh, are going to be uh, left off the. Uh, Left off the list. Um, but with my final pick, I'm going to go with Squirrel Girl. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Bravo. Yeah. That's, I mean, she is unbeatable. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. All right. And honorable mentions. Uh, um, I'll go her. first. Uh, just the one honorable mention. Um, has to be for me. I would have loved to have taken my favorite superhero, Ted Cord, who I will fully admit is mostly useless and completely ignored by modern canon. So I didn't really feel like I was going to be doing myself any favors. But the one character I wish I could have taken and didn't is his best friend, John Michael Carter, aka Supernova, aka the father of Rip Hunter. A.K.A. the sidekick of Skeets, A.K.A. Booster Gold. That's a uh, a very large glittering nerd penis you've got there. Oh yes, yes. Um, Gold, I shiny, think, I and labeled I don't like think, a NASCAR. Yeah, I don't think that it's. I mean, oh, that's it's it's got a Booster Gold tattoo on it. That is nice. Um, I don't think that it's appropriate to bring it out in public, but we can talk about that later. Well, we're not it's, in public. We're, we're in my public. basement. It's fine. Okay, this is a safe place. Is it? Yes. No. I don't feel safe right now. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Uh, so, um, I guess I'll take it then. My honorable mention comes from a very strange universe. Um, a universe called the Amalgam Universe. Are you familiar? Uh, My honorable mention goes to Dark Claw. I fucking knew it. <laughs> who is an amalgamation of Batman and Wolverine. Um, his name is Logan Wayne. Um, and, uh, you might be asking yourself, how could you make Batman even better? Uh, take away his inhibition to kill and give him adamantium claws. That's how you make Batman better. <laughs> and that's what they did. And it didn't do very well at all. And I've got, uh, a few picks that we didn't get to, uh, but my honorable mention I'm going to go with is Hellboy. Uh, I, uh, I had a lot of, uh, what I thought were brand name superheroes on my list and I thought we'd get down to a point where I could use him but uh, I really like him. I love Ron Perlman. I have gone on the record before saying that every movie should have Ron Perlman in it um, and I will stand by that Um, and with his work ethic 
every movie could have Ron Perlman in it. Um, That's fair. Yep. I mean, movies, movies never change. All right. Well, that's the draft. And with that, we'll get to the matches. All right. So uh, going in draft order, our first match is going to be Ben versus Chris. All right. Let's go ahead. I'm going to reach into... Stan Lee's box of stolen Jack Kirby ideas and pull out two criteria for the first round of judging. That's a really full box, ain't it? Yeah. It's rather full. All right. The first criteria is which hero would do better against the other's rogues gallery? And the second criteria is which hero is a better role model? Okay. Ben, you'll pick first. All right. Um... I'm going to go with your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm half tempted to go with Paul Atreides. <laughs> His rogues gallery, so to speak. Uh, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? <laughs> um, don't intentionally break my questions, dude. <laughs> Although, don't you want to see Spider-Man fight a sandworm? Yes. Yes. Avengers 5 make that happen. <laughs> this is actually a tough choice. We can edit most of this out, because I am honestly a little stumped at what to, what, what to pick. I mean, we can. Or we can make more jokes. Jokes. We might need to put a clock on this. I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to blow my my load right on the first match. I well, mean, you're gonna go, you're gonna take your your top pick and go Alfred. Point, points is points, man. You get them before the final, not at. That that's important. That's the mistake I made last game. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just gonna go all in right off the bat. Yeah. Nightwing. Okay. A.K.A. Dick Grayson. Get ready for some... Dick jokes. You know, p- playing it straight like that doesn't come through as funny on an, in an audio <laughs> format. Alright, so which hero is the better role model? Ben, first arguments to you. Alright, so, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Kid grew up from nothing. He didn't have the, uh, the privileged lifestyle... That somebody, you know, tragic though his beginnings did, Dick Grayson was raised by a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Spider-Man was raised by his aunt. You know, he's he's from a non-traditional home. Uh, he got where he went because he excelled in school, uh, applied himself, designed his own web shooters. He did not... Uh, get anything handed to him. He didn't get to become Spider-Man because he had a crazy guy take him in and train him to be a ninja assassin. Mm -hmm. He just put his brain to work to augment his physical abilities that he was given by the spider. And before he got bitten, he was still uh, going to be a really smart kid who would go into college and become an inventor like 
you know, he still did. Whereas Dick Grayson would have been a carny. Okay. Chris? Um, what was Peter Parker doing the night that Uncle Ben died? Does anybody remember that? Uh, in the movie, he was trying to get some money by wrestling the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, so, I mean... I believe you mean Bonesaw. Bonesaw. And he is ready. Okay, so I just, wa- I, just wa- I just wanted to make sure we got Bonesaw in there. <laughs> um, to be honest, I'm not comfortable with the shade that you're throwing on carnies. I don't know if that's an enemy we want to make this early, Ben. Um, Draft the Universe would like to preemptively apologize to all carnival folk. Especially those we happen to be friends with. I believe there is a difference between people who work at carnivals or perform at fairs and quote-unquote carnies. Yes, and I think that that difference is epitomized by Dick Grayson. Uh, Somebody who uh, in his later years did go on to uh, actually own the the circus that he worked in. Um, uh, Better role model. Uh, so your argument is that Dick Grayson, um, had everything handed to him. Um, his test before he was allowed to go out, um, onto the streets as a superhero, quote unquote, um, was being hunted by Batman for 24 hours straight until he was able to do that without being caught. Batman would not let him fly solo. Um, the training required to get to that point, we're just going to throw out. We don't, I don't need that. Um, what did he manage to do during that training period, Ben? He managed to solve another crime. Yeah, yeah. I just don't agree that, that Dick had everything handed to him. Um, from whom uh, much is given, uh, much is expected. Um, I think there was another way of saying that, right? Um, With great power comes great responsibility. Uh, I would yeah. say that there is no greater power than uh, a billionaire's resources applied to fighting crime. Um, Batman was a... Um, exacting uh, uh, tutor in the ways of fighting crime. Um, And he managed to produce something uh, extraordinary in Mr. Dick Grayson. First, the very first Robin, um, and afterwards Nightwing, um, a superhero who managed to take the same type of traumatic um, uh, birth event as Batman, uh, his parents being killed, um, and move past it. I literally have, as one of his powers written down, um, dealing with childhood trauma. Um, I think that Dick Grayson is exactly the example of what people can aspire to be because he starts off working in the circus, his parents die, and he ends up, rather than living off of the, um, the entitlements offered to him by having a billionaire stepfather, um, he winds up fighting crime on his own rebuttal you make some interesting points the question is which one makes a better better role model now if you want to become a superhero maybe you go with dick grayson if you want to be a self-actualized human being you're not getting hunted by batman you're trying to pass your sats you're trying to work a part-time job while wooing the girl of your dreams while also taking care of your aging aunt You're trying to be a good guy. You're trying to take care of the people around you, take care of your neighborhood. You want to be Peter Parker. Also, before all of the training, the New 52 uh, showed us that Dick Grayson was being raised to be a super assassin to kill people by the Court of Owls.
you're just you're, you're bringing you're bringing the starting point further and further back which makes the lengths that he's gone to in order to be a great role model further and further um <clears throat> I th- my mind's made up on this one sure uh the everyman argument has it uh i have to give the point to ben on the grounds that having a way to be relatable and succeed makes you a more relatable and hence better and more accessible role model. And Dick Grayson, while having gone through a great deal and being an excellent person to look up to, it's hard to relate to your parents dying and getting adopted by a billionaire. I guess that's fair. The next criteria... Which hero would do better against the other rogues gallery? This one's going to be interesting. Chris, start us off. So, um, because I chose Dick Grayson, um, and Dick Grayson has been quite a few separate superheroes, um, Robin, Nightwing, he's actually been Batman on more than one occasion, um, and he was also Dick Grayson, agent of Spiral, um, Spiral is spelled S-P-Y-R-A-L because of course he was a spy. Edgy, edgy comics. <laughs> he was also the founder um, and leader of the Teen Titans for a very long time. Um, I would say that it's not just a rogues gallery. He's got an entire like museum. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that uh, it's going to be a tough match for you. Um, meanwhile, Spider-Man's... Um, key villains i guess um we've got uh green goblin hobgoblin doc ock am i uh you know am i am i missing some some key ones venom the shocker the shocker yeah sure venom uh Uh, carnage Sandman. sandman kingpin all right the vulture rhino i think that's all of them that have been in movies (laughs) (laughs) um I think that, like, because he trained under Batman, did the sidekick thing, did the flying solo thing, and then took over the mantle as Batman, he has experience fighting the DC equivalents of all of these heroes um, as uh, in, in a number of different costumes. Um, and to be uh, even more more blunt about it, he's one of the few Robins who hasn't, like, died his death was faked in uh, and i'm sure that there's somebody's going to be come back at me and be like oh yeah no he died and blah blah, blah. but um he, he's he, it's not part of his backstory the same way it is with um with jason todd and with damian wayne um so he's managed to take on almost the entirety of batman's rogue gallery um without dying um and i think that batman's rogue gallery is superior to spider-man's i mean spider-man might be the only a uh, hero with a rogues gallery that gets even within di- like shouting distance of Batman. Batman has the greatest rogues gallery in in <laughs> comics. We won't Th- argue on that. That said, Spider-Man has a fantastic ro- fantastic rogues gallery. But here's the curveball I'm going to throw at you. Sure. Well, Dick Grayson might do well against the traditional villains. I think Spider-Man would do just as well against uh, the Bat villains. They're not pre- predominantly; they're not supernatural. They're not; they don't have, uh, you know, godlike powers until we get to like Justice League level villains. Um, 
which Spider-Man also does handle. You know, the Shocker's throwing lightning bolts at him. But, in a little comic called Marvel Civil War, Peter Parker is put between everybody else. And they all hate him and want him on his on their side. I believe that from Peter Parker's perspective, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe and comic book universe is his enemy in that storyline. They are pressuring a teenage boy to get into the middle of a war between gods and megalomaniacs and titans of industry. I mean, that is that is the definition of a stretch, sir. I know. It's a Hail Mary. I'm going up against the Batman's rogues gallery. Okay, so 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 first off, we're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I'm 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 not good at this. I'm okay. sorry. I haven't I, I, <laughs> it's, it's cool. Um quarter point for honesty. Quarter point for honesty. I'll just say um that to give my uh, the the Nightwing equivalent of that, um Nightwing essentially has to fight for the right to be Batman. Um that would be Battle for the Cow. So, um I would say that in terms of circumstances, um, getting yourself dragged out of high school by um, um, by Tony Stark and then kind of like, uh, you know, fighting at the sidelines of a huge thing versus, um, you know, fighting all of the worthy opponents who think that they can be Batman. You don't top Batman's rogues gallery, man. It's sorry. It's it's the best. And when we're looking at who would do better against who, I think there's too much crazy. I mean, you're talking about people that are used to fighting Batman. uh, And I don't think Spider-Man's prepared for that. But Dick Grayson is going up against people who have superpowers. Yeah, but he does that all the time. He got his nickname from Superman. He's, he's, He's like... Like born and born and bred amongst these people. Okay, so the point is going to go to Chris, and we are going to go to a tiebreaker. All right. So let me go ahead and pull up Oracle's computer archives. What was? Did you did you seriously not turn your phone off, dude? I I thought I did. Um. Oh. Uh oh, guys. We appear to have gotten a message. From the anonymous draft, the universe commissioner. Um, I didn't know that your phone accepted accepted. Um, it it overrid my phone. Uh, my phone is definitely on silent right now. I don't know how that just happened. Yeah, but but how did your phone get the quantum entangled pair generator required for communication with with, with the, the commissioner? commissioner? <laughs> it's a Pixel XL. Um, okay, so the commissioner says. That we have a special criteria that we're going to use. And that I need to put the one that I pulled out of the box back into it. And we're going to use this one instead. Quick. Look up at the rooftop. Swooping down. You hear the subtle sounds of backup singers. You find yourself in a dark alley. Facing Aretha Franklin. She's swinging her chicha chain of fools. She's got armor made of her 20 Grammys, 17 normal awards, 3 special awards. Oh, Lord. Justice makes her feel like a natural woman. <laughs> In the morning, after she whoops her, your, your ass, but before she puts on her makeup, she's going to say a little prayer for you. 
Who walks away cleaner from this fight? Uh, and then it specifies you're both fighting Aretha Franklin separately, not which one of you walks away fighting Aretha Franklin cleaner. That's what we're looking for. Okay. So you you have the criteria, gentlemen. Ben, you had the first pick, so you will take first go. All right. Well, as indomitable a foe as Grammy armor uh chain-wielding Aretha Franklin is, and no one is doubting this. Not just chain. Ch-ch-chain. Yes, yes. Uh, I think the big difference here is going to be uh, Spider-Man's mobility. He has a reaction time 15 times greater than the average person, plus his spidey sense, to dodge that ch-ch-chain. And he's got range. He's got his web-slingers. Mm-hmm. Well, she's going to be breaking through that synthetic web that can, you know, haul a plane... Definitely. Because she's ready. She's rolling. Mm-hmm. He at least has the option to wear her down from a distance, whereas Nightwing has to get in to use his, his sticks. Okay. And then he's in the danger zone. He's okay. about to learn to respect. I agree that is the danger zone, but let's hear Nightwing's argument on how he approaches this before we make that assumption. <clears throat> um, There's one thing. That Batman teaches all of his sidekicks. And that's that when you're outclassed, you call for backup. And I think that in this case, it's not so much that he needs somebody to fight Aretha Franklin for him, but he needs somebody to show her respect. And I think that um, he's going to call up um, another of my... uh, Maybe this is is cheating. He's going to call up another of my picks. He's going to call Barbara Gordon, um, who, as a fellow feminist... Uh, icon going back to the 60s herself knows exactly the type of uh, woman that Aretha Franklin is and is going to show her some respect. And I don't think they even fight. Okay. Spider-Man attacks from the distance. Nightwing starts a feminist revolution. <laughs> that's that's pretty clear cut to me, guys. Uh, we'll go ahead and give that point to Nightwing. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> that is... That is a non-decisive victory for Chris, so he gets two points, and Ben gets one and a quarter points. I was actually hoping that um, <laughs> I was hoping that Aretha Franklin would show up at some point because I was going to throw in uh, Batgirl against her for that exact purpose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After this, uh, that was the first match of the first round. After this, it's Chris and I. All right. So I am reaching into. Stanley's box of Jack Kirby's ideas. Yep. All right. First criteria is which hero is the best kisser? Okay. It's weird. And which hero is most likely to save the day without violence? I'm going to go with my man, Alfred Pennyworth. Good pick. Good pick. I go with my most comparable pick to Alfred Pennyworth, Dr. Manhattan. I don't know if that is a slight to Dr. Manhattan or you're raising up Alfred Pennyworth. No, we were both on the same page about that. I, I, oh, I'm yeah. Not. Yeah. yeah, we are. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, Chris, why is Alfred the better kisser? So I've got a couple, a couple of reasons. Um, 
when I decided that I was going to draft um, Alfred Pennyworth, I decided to write a list of his uh, quote unquote powers. Okay. Um, I only stopped because uh, I ran out of time. Um, my list of his powers is quite long, and I realized that anything that I was thinking of, he had something in his uh, in his toolkit to do with. Okay. And I think can, in- can I suggest maybe we both just give a powers list and then go into our arguments? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, that yeah. could be fun. Yeah, okay. Well, so, uh, so the powers, and, the, and like I said, this is not exhaustive, but um, first, yeah, first course. and foremost, uh, Alfred Pennyworth, excellent butler. Mm-hmm. He keeps it, it, he does all of the rest of these things on this list, um, in addition uh, to being an excellent butler. So, time management, obviously, the second skill. Um, uh, he is British, which as we all know is pretty charming. Um, depending on who <laughs> played him, he's either uh, a very elegant. Um, British person, or he's uh, a little bit more, you know, Cockney attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know where Jeremy Irons is from. I um, just saw how you spelled Michael Caine on your notes. Yeah, Ma- Michael Caine. M Y C O L E. It's a nice touch. Um, yeah. So uh, Alfred's powers, just to get through this list: uh, surgery, sews Batman back together almost daily; tailoring, both elegant dinnerware and super high tech million dollar crime fighting suits he's good at computers which is uh strange for a person of his age um he is ageist he is an uh, he is an expert in acting uh master of disguise as a result of that depending on his background he is either xmi6 a spy or something in the british military Mm -hmm. he has been batman several times and it's always excellent and he's a gentleman who is also a great cook and then, of course, at the at the top of my list of his powers is that Batman will beat you up if you're mean to Alfred. Um, okay. I mean, that's fair. Because you don't mess with the Alfred. Yeah. Batman um, will beat you up. We've seen that. I think that the power that Alfred is going to use in this one is uh, twofold. First, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a passionate man. He's a lover of the arts. Uh, he's had many flings, um, including one with a prominent uh, Gothamite doctor, uh, Leslie Tompkins. Um, and... Uh, uh, first and foremost in all of the list of criteria he's human he feels like a human um and i think that the 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 narrative present in watchmen is going to make a different argument for dr manhattan i couldn't disagree more but first dr manhattan's powers i just want to comment alfred may be good at time management dr manhattan manages time <laughs> uh, very good in, a, in addition to such Atomic manipulation, teleportation, super genius intellect, invulnerability, perfect memory, extrasensory vision, targeted omnipresence, dimensional travel, precognition, self-duplication, self-sustenance, temporal and historic history manipulation. He is able to create and destroy life. He is immortal. He is omnikinetic. And he can phase through any matter. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Manhattan is one of the people most connected to humanity in all of comics. He is one of the most human characters because he knows how different he is than the rest of humanity and hence struggles with that and works at it and makes an effort. And he is the kind of person who literally solves the mysteries of the universe on a whim. So when he actually pays attention to something and puts effort into it, he does a great job at it. This is demonstrated, and I'm going a little bit off book here, 
and by that I mean outside of the core Watchmen series, to the before Watchmen miniseries, where we learn that Dr. Manhattan actually keeps a bunch of copies of himself in alternate dimensions, living out a normal human life, so that he can remember what it's like to be human. In addition, he has a storied past of lovers, namely Silk Spectre 2. Also, you know, he was married, later divorced, but that just means, you know, he had to refine his passion. Alfred is probably re- really good at giving a single kiss, but that is not the criteria. It is who is the better kisser. And the appropriate amount of Dr. Manhattan's giving you kisses exactly where you want them, using his precognition, using his ability to know what's going on, his omnipresence, his extrasensory vision, being able to literally press all of your buttons at once, makes him the superior kisser. Which is exactly why Silk Spectre 2 did not like it one bit. I'm going to say she was I'll disappointed. <laughs> oh, hold on. All right. Chris, do your rebuttal. Okay. Sorry. I'll just, I'll just finish. Um, so we, we both went through powers lists. The only weakness I was able to come up with for Alfred, aside from the fact that he is human, which in, in this case is, I think kind of a, a positive was that he's kind of old. Um, if we were to go over to Dr. Manhattan's list, the weakness and probably the only weakness to be fair, he's, he's got a lot of powers. Uh, is that it's a struggle for him to remain connected to humanity. He has to invest time in it. Um, and so I think that uh, if you're looking for somebody to kiss every orifice perfectly a million times covered in static electricity, you're not the kind of person who's looking for a kiss at all. <laughs> you're looking for something a little bit stranger. Um, and I think that if you're looking for a gentleman to kiss you the way that you always dreamed a handsome British gentleman would, on the cliffs of Dover. I don't even know where Dover is, but... It's in England. It's in England. I knew it was in England. I think Alfred is your man. My only response is Silk Spectre 2 left him because she was disappointed in his ability to multitask. She felt like only getting half of the man who has literally the smartest in the world's attention wasn't enough for her, which is... A bit much, given literally she was paid attention to by several dozen uh, Dr. Manhattan at a time, whenever she wanted. And also, I will counter, um, he works at it, and that makes him good at it. Uh, On Mars, he refers to Laurie as the thermodynamic miracle. He speaks of life with an awe and the soul of a poet that truly makes one a good kisser. He forgets to make air for her on Mars. Yeah. Okay. But he remembers. (laughs) (laughs) This argument has gone on way longer than it had any right to. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm torn because we have one person who, uh, in the one prominent piece of, you know, fiction we have from them, gets dumped. And then another one who stoically lives and dies alone. (laughs) Um, So... We don't have, you know, as much information as we might want. Thermodynamic miracle. I understand. He also, as Chris points out, forgets about air. <laughs> um, I think... I he think, doesn't die. He I, remembers before it's a problem. I think that <laughs> that was an important point. I'm giving it to Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she... <laughs> Her not dying, I don't believe, is, is a good enough defense for that one. <laughs> To be clear, I will not argue with Dr. Manhattan's ability to give you 
um, some pretty strange loving. Oh yes, kinky, kinky. Normal uh, loving too, guys. It doesn't always <laughs> have to be weird. If you have a boyfriend who can be in twelve places at the same time, he's still one dude. He can be any dude. He can be anybody you want, and he can be in a million places at the same time. All I'm saying is that you're gonna you're gonna investigate the weirdness of that. I'm also just going to point out Silk Spectre Two leaves him for Night Owl Two, and Night Owl Two is shown to be uh, eager but impotent, and she is willing to see over that and be accepting of that. So how disinterested must Doctor Manhattan have been? Yeah, but the to, dude's to... basically Ted Cord. Like, he's Ted Cord's awesome. Like, I totally get it. Oh. And Owl, Owl Man, <laughs> I just cut you deep. Damn you, Charleston! <laughs> Owl Man totally gets his mojo. Back. Oh yes, he does. He gets his groove back. Yep. Okay, on to the next one. Uh, I which... called, uh, sorry, I called him Owl Man, Night Owl, obviously. Yeah. All right, which hero is most likely to save the day without violence? Affair, you get to go first. Reality manipulation. Chris, your argument. He's Alfred Pennyworth. Um, he's been uh, stitching up Batman for as long as Batman has needed stitching up. Um, he is a British gentleman of the highest order. Um, he is an expert actor and can um, uh, uh, he can convince anybody in a variety of different disguises, including as Batman. Um, he usually does not have the same type of uh, physical prowess as Batman in most uh, cases. He does win a couple of fist fights, but for the most um, point, um, for the most part, uh, he almost always uh, wins a situation by pretending to be Batman, but not actually throwing any punches. So I'd say he's got a lot of tools. Rebuttal. Dr. Manhattan could end a war by taking the two peoples that were at war, transplanting them to their own perfect versions of Earth as their political ideologies that started the war demanded, and then leave them there to live out in peace. Um, he can solve any mass violent conflict nonviolently in an instant. Oh man, we are about to take the opposite poles of an argument made by the comic book watchman itself because i would argue that that's not solving something non-violently it is deforming humanity <laughs> it is it is achieving um a goal of peaceful resolution by instead forcing people to be extremely paranoid of either in the movie a godlike omnipresence or dr you know, manhattan doesn't do that that's ozymandias that's ozymandias's plan he's the one who does that yes not dr manhattan He's not, not the one who perverts humanity. You're right. I mean, I was going to get to it, but Dr. Manhattan is the person who basically goes along with the flow, letting people die in Vietnam and killing plenty of people in Vietnam rather than transporting them to their own side. Okay, I think this is going to be an interesting one because in the Watchmen comic book, uh, we only see him solving problems through violence and then... Uh, complicity in, in, the, in the... And I understand... He, he does have a character turn... In yes. that comic. And I, I understand, and it's not necessarily the wrong decision. It's ambiguous, and that's why it's fantastic. And I think that Alfred has never solved anything with violence with his history as ex-MI6 spy, ex-military. Now, I also, on the other hand, before he was an MI6 agent and all these wonderful things, he was Batman's bumbling butter, uh, butler 
Batman's bumbling butler, who in the Silver Age was failing his way through solving crimes. Uh, we we can go that far back if we I'm want. I'm just to. saying it's an important part of his history to note. That was his first solo run. Was him as the Mister Magoo of solving crime. Um, that said, uh, I think between seeing somebody who's only solved problems through violence and then not solving them, Mr. Alfred Pennyworth has a much longer history of solving things without violence. I'm giving this one to Alfred. Chris wins a decisive victory and three points. Excellent. That's, to be clear, um, Alfred Pennyworth v. Dr. Manhattan... That's a tough match. That is a weird match. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a you don't get weird this match. anywhere else, folks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up is Ben and I. There's a lot of um, ideas in this. Uh... <clears throat> what you got now, Mister Kirby? Your hero is now writing the story of their own comic. Meta. Whose comic arc sells better? And secondly, which hero's dark timeline slash bearded Spock version wins in a fight to conquer the universe? I have first pick. Mm-hmm. It's John Cena. I'm, I'm going to edit that in. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. And with my counter... I go with the John Cena of John Cena's Superman. <laughs> I think there's a comic book where this fight plays out. <laughs> well, there's definitely a Max Landis fever dream where this happens. <laughs> Which please record Max, please. Please. Yes. Please. Please, Max. <laughs> I'll promise I'll watch Dirk Gently if you make that. I think that, like, Max Landis recording a three-hour-long fever dream explanation of uh, Superman fighting John Cena uh, would get better box office than most of uh, DC's uh, current cinematic attempts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well-deservedly. Oh, yes. I would, I would, I would watch that box set, because okay. he's not just making one. I would suggest, sir, a gentleman's agreement before this begins. Both of our picks have one superpower in common, which is that they never lose. Yes. I would ask that we both strike that power from our superheroes record whenever possible for this debate, for the interest of keeping things interesting. We'll see where it goes. Is that, are you not agreeing to my gentleman's agreement, sir? I mean, we'll, we'll, uh, sir, are you not agreeing to my gentleman's agreement, sir? Okay. I'll agree. Pardon me. Are you disagreeing, sir? <laughs> All right. All right. Um, your hero is now writing the story of their own comic. So whose comic sells better? All yours. John Cena, when given creative control over his character, has done excellent things with it. Uh, the most recent example is probably the U.S. Open Challenge storyline that took place was it two years ago now um where it was just open challengers and he did a lot of good in that role of helping 
younger guys get over while still beating the crap out of them. <laughs> uh, but it did make for good television, and for a bit there was literally one of the only reasons to watch Raw. It, it really was. <laughs> it really was. Um, also, if we're just looking at uh, the ability to write, I will admit Clark Kent is a journalist. A bad one, but a journalist nevertheless. Oh, don't give me that look. He always gets the stupid story beats. Lois writes everything good. <laughs> um, John Cena has some schooling in this regard. Um, he does have a BA rather in exercise physiology and body movement from Springfield College, Massachusetts. <laughs> okay. And, okay. <laughs> and a lot of reports in that major. And a PhD in thugonomics. Lest we forget. Um, he also, as wait, one of his wait, powers is it, listed... Is this an accredited university? Sure, <laughs> probably. Okay. Um, uh, also, on his list of powers, we do find rap battles. Rap battles? Rap battles. John Cena, in his original gimmick before being the Superman, was the rapper thug wrestler. It's Interesting. true. Okay. Um, he, he has a rap battle, battle with Kurt Angle that I suggest everyone pause this podcast, YouTube, watch, and then return. Interesting. That's been another episode of Jafer Tells Something Cool About Wrestling to Chris that he did not know about. It's true. Also, it's, it's damn, damn true. true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to point out, I'm, I'm like 100% certain that Superman has had rap battles. I'm also 100% certain that Ben does not want to go digging for those. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, ben. Okay, so as Jafar pointed out, Superman's a professional writer. Now, in his guise as Clark Kent, he is trying to maintain a cover of just the daily, you know, undercover reporter, you know, covering the easy stories, so he has more time to be Superman. But as we have seen in numerous occasions, when he actually tries... He is better than people at everything. He is he is the Superman. He is better at us than everything we do. If he if he went out and tried to write a comic book, it would be the flying to our jumping. He would be so far above and beyond, he would sell copies to everyone. But then he wouldn't sell them, he'd give them out for free because he's Superman and he's better than all of us. Interesting. Superman by his very nature, in in his universe, is more popular than John Cena. He sells more comic books. You are starting with a, a, a base that is already more familiar with who is Superman. A person who lives in the universe of Superman, who is given the opportunity to read a Superman comic written by Superman, that is going to sell. We live in the world where John Cena could write a John Cena comic book. I don't know that I would buy it. And I like John Cena. Rebuttal. My rebuttal lies in the fact that comics are rarely a solitary medium. They are typically a writer and an artist, and they require good teamwork. Superman has learned to be a team player because of Batman. John Cena, however, has always been a team player. Of his 29 championships won, that's, that's all different types of championships, he has five tag team titles, four WWE, one OVW. 
Some of his partners are the all-time greats, Shawn Michaels, Batista. He's got The Miz on there. But he also has David Otunga and Rico Constantino back when he was Juan Cena. True story. So So, (laughs) he, he proves that he can have excellence anywhere. He can work with anyone and elevate them to a championship level, not just through himself, but, you know, he doesn't just carry them. Like when Superman would work with someone, you know, Superman's doing the heavy lifting. Being in the presence of John Cena allows you to be the absolute best version of you, which is going to make that artist and that book worthwhile. What are Superman's friends called? The the Super Friends. And wrestling is is a partnership. And how good of friends was John Cena to the Nexus? John Cena and the Nexus... Never got along, and he has apologized for that incident. You guys are you're making an argument on a ground that I cannot go to. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, I don't understand exactly what you just said, but like, how good of friends was Superman to Lex Luthor? That's like, that is an apt comparison. That is Luthor's fault. If you watch the show, the first like four seasons <laughs> of Smallville, Clark is his best friend. I uh, so I'm gonna give it to John Cena on the basis that I th- oh pucky I think a Superman comic written by Superman would probably be Superman doing a bunch of awesome things and having a bunch of cool powers and that's what people have had how many years of already? and how many do they sell they sell much anymore you were you were you were you were leaning on Soup's uh, existing readership but I think that we have to we have to level the playing field and I think John Cena writing for John Cena wins. Also, issues would come in every box of Fruity Pebbles, so, you know, he's got that. <laughs> and they'd all come with a free sweatband. Also, yeah, you did, you, did insist that Super, you did insist that Superman would give them all away for free, which was kind of a shot in the foot, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, moving on to our next topic. Your hero is, n- or sorry, yes. Which hero's dark timeline slash bearded Spock version wins in a fight to conquer the universe? Ben, you may go. The Injustice timeline, he already did it. And lost twice. But he succeeds first. Then they stop him. <laughs> evil evil Superman is a trope that we've seen over and over again. Okay, you're cutting me off. I this is important. Okay. <laughs> you fail automatically. This question presupposes that John Cena can do a heel turn. That is exactly the crux of my argument. So, Superman has been evil many times. He's been the main bad guy in his different forms. Golden Age Superman was the main villain of Infinity Crisis. Um, There's evil Earth Batman who gets, I think it's Earth 3 these days. Or at least it was back pre-New 52. I don't know if it's still Crime Syndicate Earth is Earth 3 anymore. I would have to check that. that. I'd have to check it too. Um, Regardless, evil Superman is something that comes and goes repeatedly. I would be hard-pressed to find a two-year span of comics that don't have some variation of Superman or a evil Superman coming in and getting his ass whooped. Mm -hmm. Evil John Cena is so powerful we've never seen it. (laughs) Heel turn John John Cena has never happened. 
It will never happen. Because if it did, it would be too powerful to contain. The only comparison we have is Hulk Hogan's heel turn, which created the NWO and had kids buying t-shirts for literally 20 years. That, that's how big the Hulk Hogan heel turn was. All right, my rebuttal is we already have evil John Cena. It's Triple H. We already was the last time he lost one at Survivor Series. Just saying. I know he, but he's he's fifty fifty at uh, uh, WrestleMania. He's always putting over new talent. Yes, but John Cena isn't. In fact, let's look at John Cena's win loss record, shall we? One thousand thirty three wins, two hundred. 54 losses and 57 draws. He has the 14th best record of all professional wrestlers in all time. Of those, he is 14. To find someone else on that list with more than a thousand matches to have that kind of consistency, you have to drop down to number 83 to find Rob Van Dam for a wrestler with over a thousand matches on even the list of hundred best win-loss records. 19 World Heavyweight Championships. 16 WWE, 2 OVW, 1 Ultimate Pro Wrestling from his indie days. I'm going to interject here because I think that we're getting a little bit a little bit too far from the, the question here. Um, which person wins in a fight to conquer the universe? I want to hear Evil John Cena's plan to conquer. John Cena has already beat everyone in the WWE universe. There is a list of six wrestlers that he does not have a win against that were active on the, on the roster at the same time as him. I will go over them now. <laughs> we don't need to do this. <laughs> we don't need to do this? No. This, this is not a wrestling podcast. <laughs> All I'm saying is everyone on this list except for one person has only had one singles match against him. And some of those he has won, and some of those he has lost. The only person to have never taken a clean loss from John Cena on the active roster at the same time of him is Christian. All right, Ben. The question is: by DQ. The question is who would who would conquer the universe? Superman can fly through space. Superman can conquer planets. Evil Superman could just walk through this. Well, let's, not, let's, yeah, let's not let's not compare power I'm sets. Just, I'm just gonna say, yeah. For the last two years, there has been a WWE Universal Championship, and John Cena has never earned it. We he can't even beat Brock Lesnar. We both know he's a part-timer, and he has many wins against Brock Lesnar. John Cena wouldn't even get a suplex. You've it. used so much wrestling stuff that I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, who, who would conquer the universe? John Cena has conquered the WWE Universe. That is established... That is fact. Who would conquer the real universe and probably just beat the shit out of John Cena? <laughs> Superman. <laughs> John Cena taught himself Mandarin. Superman knows every language. Does he? I believe in Red Sun, he's shown to know how to talk to everyone. There's, I will admit that due to multiversal properties, there's a version of Superman that knows every language. That seems like a fool's argument against... I think the fact that John Cena couldn't get to the moon, let alone Alpha Centauri. Only because we haven't been willing to send him there. You give that idea to WWE films, and I promise he is on the moon. <laughs> Come on, he's granted over 500 Make-A-Wishes. 
dude's unstoppable. He's got Chris, the, pull the trigger. Stop I'm, him. I, okay. Stop him. He has the strongest work ethic. The, oh, no, the only thing that's more unstoppable than John Cena WWE ring is trying to get Jafar to stop talking about John Cena. Okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna award this one on uh, uh, by the criteria that either of you have established. Um, Superman has conquered the universe. John Cena has never heel turned. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Superman. All right. Which means that we go to a tiebreaker. All right. So number three. Yeah. All right. Reaching in. Oh, <laughs> this is a good one. Um, which hero is more likely to die to save the universe slash multiverse? I believe, uh, Jafar? Jafar goes you first. Have, you have the first go. John Cena gives himself over night after night and sacrifices everything that he is physically capable of. I will, I will point out, yes, Superman has died to beat Doomsday. He has died to save the day. That has happened. There are multiversal Superman that have sacrificed themselves to save eternity. Sure, that's happened. John Cena has not been presented with that opportunity. John Cena sacrifices himself every night he can. He is one of the hardest working men in showbiz, possibly harder working than Dave Grohl. And I don't say that lightly. I've got statistics. Oh, oh Jesus God. Christ. <laughs> he, is, he has been an active wrestler for 185 months. In that time, he has one, had 1,614 matches. So he averages 8.7 matches a month. He's had years off to film movies in that time. Probably about two years of that time he has not been an active wrestler. So when he's out there and active, that is an even greater number. On top of that, he's granted over 500 make-a-wishes. He holds the world record for most make-a-wishes granted. He averages almost three a month. On top of his travel schedule, on top of his matches, on top of his movies, on top of the TV shows he's in, on top of his YouTube channel, which is great, by the way. He's also a self-taught piano player, and you can watch him play piano on there. That's not really for my argument, but more a fun fact for anyone listening who wants to see John Cena play Stop piano. Stop trying to make people watch YouTube videos instead of listening to our podcast. No. <laughs> you, Ben, you've known me for how many years? If I had one thing that I'd do in life, it's make people watch YouTube videos. Well, you should know me. If there's one thing I do in life, it's make silly arguments. It's true. That's why we're here. And all I'm going to say is uh, for only ten ninety nine a month, you can watch John Cena on the WWE Network. $9.99. Oh, they've, they've lowered the price. Oh, it my was, God. It was always $9.99. It was a thing. <laughs> if you want to re-record that, you can, but I'm good with it how it is. I like it. I, I will not pretend. Um, it was a good... It was a good um, the WWE Network would be uh, foolish to throw that piece of absolutely free advertising out the window. No, simply, simply for me not no, knowing please anything. Please give us money. <laughs> simply for me not knowing anything about wrestling. In fact, I think that they would be uh, by the sheer amount of John Cena trivia present in this uh, this episode already. They would be foolish not to sponsor us. Okay, thank you, WWE. Really Network. Okay. okay, Ben. All right, Chris. Please read the question again. Which hero is more likely to die to save the universe? John Cena, admittedly, never presented with that opportunity. He seems like a good dude. He'd probably do it. But 
Who has the track record of dying to save the universe? Superman. Who has the skill set needed to save the universe? Superman. I doubt some some sort of cosmic destruction is going to submit to a five-knuckle shuffle. Superman has to uh, work other ways to save the universe. The universe proper, perhaps. But the WWE universe, I would argue. <laughs> God damn it! He is... <laughs> He is already saved through sheer source of ratings. I'm just going to say he's also responsible for the PG-13 era, so... <laughs> that was a ratings high when it started. It's because it was on the end of the Attitude Era. All right, you guys keep arguing yes, wrestling stuff. stuff. you don't know. You, ca- you keep arguing wrestling stuff. Which is why I tried to bring it to <laughs> Superman can save the universe. That so, is what he does. So Okay, so we have to level the playing field. Right? Because no, we don't. <laughs> In order for this to be a fair fight... It's not. No, no. Well, Superman wins! <laughs> a gentleman's agreement, sir. I'm going this to criteria. Strike, I'm, I'm going to strike a quarter point of yours from the record for breaking our gentleman's agreement. <laughs> That's bullshit! <laughs> we, we, I think we round up anyway. Well, no, but this is... I'm, I'm saying this criteria... Superman wins. No, no. So beyond Superman wins. I'm the judge. I get to talk now. <laughs> okay. I'm the judge. And I'm going to say that we're going to put these people into um, like, it, it's it's like the train conundrum, right? You pull a lever, you, you save a bunch of people, but you kill people in the train. We're going to say that there's a button in a room. You press it and the universe goes on. You die. I think that Superman has more experience dying to save the world or the universe but I think that Superman never goes out trying to do that. I think that he has too many other tools in his belt. He's going to try and find a different way. I think that John Cena sees that button and it's already pushed in his mind. So John Cena wins it. That is, that is garbage. That is baloney. <laughs> I win a non-decisive victory, giving me two points and Ben one point. After, after the, the end uh, of our first, first round, Chris is at five. John Cena died for your sins. And Ben and Jaffer are tied at two. All right, and that was it for round one. Join us next time when we do round two and the final, where we decide nerd supremacy. This is Ben Draft the Universe. Wait, Ben Draft the Universe? I thought it was Chris Draft the Universe. God damn it. Many thanks to the Kickstand Band for our theme song, How It Feels. Check them out at Bandcamp or wherever you find your music. And if you have any suggestions for future criteria or uh, topics for us to debate, shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at DraftTheVerse and join the discussion. Bye! <laughs> I, already, <laughs> I, I already hit it i hit it before you said hold on a second i have recorded you saying hold on a second which is fine just silence. i just i mean it's i feel like i've been invaded in my dressing room here you have and that's the end of the episode okay so. <laughs> <laughs>